Welcome to The Read Along. A mini book club for your ears. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one one chapter chapter at at a time. time. Do you like talking about movies? Do you like talking about mediocre movies? Do you like talking about how you could have fixed mediocre movies? Well, I certainly do, and you can listen to me, Scott C. Bourgeois, along with my co-hosts Greg Beaver and Liam Kreswick, as we give our notes, and I have some notes. You can follow it now on your podcatcher of choice, or support it by visiting patreon.com slash I have some notes. So we had TV problems. Oh, goodness. We had a three-year-old television that we were eh, not super happy with to begin with. It, we kind of had problems almost immediately. Yeah. It was a big flat screen. We were like, ooh, big fancy flat screen. But then it started getting dark spots on the screen, and then some lines came across the screen, and then more lines came across the screen. It wasn't talking to a lot of our other tech very well. Um, It turns out we may have got, like, something of a low-end television. Well, here's the thing. This is what Scott said yesterday over and over again. Buying a television nowadays is like buying a car. Yeah. There are so many features and details and options available to you that you really have to do your research to figure out what it is you want that fits in your price range. Yeah, and last time we bought a TV, it was more like, hey, this seems like a good deal. And we didn't really do the research. Yeah. And we well, kind I of didn't know you needed to. It was a TV. Kind of got burned by that because after three years, the TV just stopped. We had watched a movie with a friend. And then after the movie was done, the TV just ceased to be. It stopped being a television. It started being a lovely picture frame. <laughs> um, For black. It was a lovely black frame of black. Yeah. So we ended up having to run out on Sunday to... Best Buy with a couple friends and shopped for like an hour for a new television. It was it was an unexpected expense. It, not that we couldn't afford it, but not something that we necessarily we wanted to buy right yeah, now. Yeah. It, yeah, like Scott said, it's not that we couldn't afford it. We're not that poor. But it was also unplanned. Yeah. So... That kind of hits the pocketbook a little harder because it does it sideways. Dipped into some of the savings that were meant for something different. Yeah, the new TV so far, so good. Yeah. We're very happy with it. We we upgraded this time. Scott did a lot of research in store. (laughs) And so we have a nice mid-range TV that will probably last us longer and talks to our electronics better. And is actually even bigger. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't want to get a smaller TV than what we had. And we had a apparently a weird-sized television, which they don't really make anymore. I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah, so I ended up erring slightly larger. So we have, if anything, a somewhat bigger television. So now I, we have a bigger, better TV. Yeah. We had so. Adventures in Electronics. <laughs> so that's basically how our weekend went. Expensive. It, it was expensive. It wasn't as expensive as it could be. It's not like we bought, like a thousands of dollars television. No, no. We don't which, have like a whole new media center or anything. Yeah, like we didn't go for like a fancy $6,000 television or something. We we went with, as Nita put it, something comfortably mid-range. Yeah, a nice good mid-range. It will last us longer than three years. Hope, well, I bought the uh, four-year warranty on it, so definitely. At least four <laughs> years. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so that's that's where we're at. That was our adventures over the weekend. Buying a new TV. Woo! And uh, I know what you're thinking, but 
if you were buying a TV, how were you reading a book? The answer is, we were doing that too. <laughs> so, because of course, as always, you only have to read a chapter. Very low pressure book club. Yeah, super easy. Indeed. So with that said, uh, I guess a brief recap of our previous chapter, chapter seven, in which the queen has a very discreet tea. <laughs> yes has a, a chat with uh, an eminent professor who is an expert on, I'm going to call it Russian crimes. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it gives her the peace of mind that her instinct, that something wasn't right about the MI5 theory, was probably correct. And that leads us into chapter eight of The Windsor Knot by S.J. Bennett. So this chapter begins with Sir Simon bringing news to Her Majesty and being like, hey, good news for you. This whole business with the staff looks like it's getting resolved. MI5 has kind of narrowed in on two possible suspects, and likely this will be taken care of very shortly. And the Queen is not pleased with this news the way that Sir Simon thinks she will be. Well, because she knows that this is not the right direction yeah right she knows that they're they're going about it wrong well worse one of the prime suspects is her page yeah and like she guy, does not like that idea at all of getting rid of him the guy who brings her tea who she's known for years since he was a kid basically yeah and she's like that doesn't seem right and he's like well you know had mounting medical bills turns out there's some ties to russia seems like the perfect asset mi5 they know their business they're on top of it. And she's like, but are they on top of it? But are they? Yeah. Right. There is one other suspect who apparently is like a records keeper who was suspicious because, number one, he and his wife both do have kind of tangential ties to Russia. But he came to Windsor very last minute just before the party on what was a reasonable but under scrutiny could be flimsy excuse. Yeah. Which is what put him under suspicion. Right. Because he was looking for certain letters. Yeah. Or something like that. That one to me just seems like unfortunate coincidence. That very much is probably the case. If we are to trust the queen, and why shouldn't we? Nah. Uh, she is our protagonist. That MI5 is barking up the wrong tree, then it would imply that this was indeed just a case of unfortunate timing. Right? That's what that one felt like to me. I'm like, oh, that's just unfortunate coincidence. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Sir Simon informs the Queen that both of them are going to be basically put on leave pending the investigation. They're just going to be removed from their duties, but not fired per se. Yeah. Um, and the Queen is not happy about that. No. We've already had an entire chapter explaining how her staff feels like family. Yeah. Right? And she cares about these people and their well-being. And so... She knows they're being falsely accused, mm -hmm. right? But there's nothing she can do about that. Yeah, and she's and that bothers her. very aware of that fact. Yeah. That being said, the queen is like, you know what? Thank you for dropping off the papers and whatnot, the, the work that needs done today. Uh, send Rosie to come pick it up a little later. And Sir Simon's like, well, I can take care of that. And she's like, no, no, it's fine. You're, you're a busy man. You've got other stuff on your mind. This is no big deal. Send Rosie. Just send Rosie to take care of it. And he's like, all right. <laughs> And this smash cuts us to Rosie. Yes. Now driving through the rain <laughs> after having 
picked up the letters and been given a new task by Her Majesty. Basically, Rosie confirms that the Queen has tasked her to go and interview a couple suspects. And I I think we know some of the suspects that she's going to end up talking to in the next few chapters. But more importantly, Rosie is on her way to a meeting that the Queen doesn't know about. Yeah. And Sir Simon doesn't know about. She made an excuse to Sir Simon. And once again, she's feeling really bad running around behind Sir Simon's back. Right? The excuse she's given is that her mother has fallen and hurt herself. Yes. And that she needs to rush to her side. And Sir Simon was like, oh, please, yes, take all the time you need, which Rosie thinks is code for, like, you have a day. You have a day. Be (laughs) back back by tomorrow. But importantly, what we learn here is that Rosie's predecessor as assistant personal secretary had cited, like, mental distress. Well, a mental health issue. Yeah, and had to quit. And that's when Rosie was brought in. And while they were having their little... um, Handover? Yeah. The the crossover training? Yeah. She had been like, hey, one day you're going to get a weird request. When that happens, don't come to me. I don't want to hear about it. (laughs) There's someone else, though, that you're going to want to talk to. And that's my predecessor. Yes. Okay. So we're going to backwards in history now. Her name is Eileen Jaggard. Her information... Yeah, it's in my files. It's just... When it happens, seek her out and just tell her it's it happened. happened and she'll know exactly what's up. Yeah, and she'll help you out. Rosie was like, that's weird, but didn't really think much of it. But now, like, her gut is telling her, this is the thing. Yeah. This, this is, is the thing I need to go and talk this to This is Eileen weird. About. Something has happened. Also, the way she was treating it in the office. Yeah, right? it was very they hush-hush. Were, they were absolutely alone. Mm-hmm. And as soon as, I think it was Sir Simon, yeah. came back into the room, like this conversation never happened. Yeah. Right? She immediately switched over to like calendar somethings. Yeah. So this and is, so Rosie's like, oh. So this okay. is something that Sir Simon is unaware of. Yes. This is very private information. So she's actually on her way now, driving through the rain to see Eileen Jaggard, who she's arranged a meeting with. Yes. And she shows up at this like little art gallery that Eileen apparently lives over top of. And Eileen meets her at the door. She's very hippie, <laughs> like not wearing shoes, barefoot. Right? She's in yoga pants yeah. and like a cashmere sweater, I think it Looking is. Looking very good for oh. a woman in her like 60s. Absolutely. And Rosie's like, it happened. And Eileen is like, come with me. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, it was very like wonderful spy movie-esque almost. I, kind I of, yeah. It. And Rosie has a little bit of reticence to uh, divulge everything to Eileen at first because she's like, there's a National Secrets Act in place. Like, I'm in a privileged position of trust. And Eileen's like, hey, I used to be you. We're the same person. You can tell me whatever. Yeah. The Queen's asked you to do some investigating, right? And Rosie's like, yes. (gasps) Yes. (laughs) And she's like, did it have to do with that body that was found at Windsor Castle? Because there was a little thing about it. In the paper. In the paper. And she's like, yeah, it was a murder. And she's like, aha. Ah. (laughs) Well, this explains everything then. The queen's on the case. And Rosie's like, back the train up here. (laughs) Rosie's like, the queen is the what now? And Eileen basically lays out, the queen used to be a teen detective. The queen used to be Nancy Drew, basically. And at 13 years old, did her first Nancy Drew and has been Nancy Drewing all through her life. The problem is that she's the queen, so she can't exactly go about doing it herself. Yeah, she can't go all about sleuthing in public. Yeah. The best way to put it is despite being the Queen of England, she's underestimated. And this is where I'm going to switch from Nancy Drew to Miss Marple. Miss Marple is this kindly old lady who's just very good at noticing stuff. 
And people don't take that into account around her because she's a kindly old lady. Yeah. So they let slip stuff that they shouldn't. Or they're put off guard and they uh, are willing to reveal more to Miss Marple than they might to the police. And Miss Marple's also just shrewd and has a keen eye and notices details. And she's good at solving mysteries. The queen, kind of like Miss Marple in that sense. Yes. But the reason why she doesn't trust Sir Simon with this knowledge is because Sir Simon is overly protective. And this is something that we discussed in previous chapters as well. But this pretty much confirms what we had thought. Sir Simon trusts that he knows better because he is the queen's attendant. And apparently this has been the case with her like official personal secretaries for years. They just assume that they know what's best for her. And they're very protective of her in a way that they don't really need to be. As Eileen puts it, they should trust her more. And they don't. And they don't. And the underlying misogyny of it really struck a chord with me, especially the way Eileen explains it. She's like, no, Sir Simon is a very brilliant man, right? He's very put together. He's very organized. He's very smart. He has, at his beck and call, a whole bunch of other brilliant men. And he trusts that they're brilliantly going about being brilliant. Yes. (laughs) And none of them trust the queen because she's the queen. Yeah. Part of it is that she's a kindly old lady. Part of it is that she's an old lady, and part of it is that she's a lady. Yeah. And, I, yeah. And uh, it's, it's very deeply ingrained. And, I mean, both Rosie and Eileen are like, Sir Simon's a great guy. Like, we're not trying to impugn him personally. No, but he thinks the queen should be taken care of instead yes. of assisted. He, he literally thinks in this chapter at one point to himself, oh, she's like a little porcelain doll. Right. And she needs to be protected and handled and, with and care. And now that she's now that she's older, right? That mm-hmm. she's this, you know, in her dotage, she needs to be cared for extra. Yeah. Eh, no. And, and that's not the case, is certainly that's what not, Eileen is that's saying. That's not the character that's been presented to us, yeah. at the very least. Like, I hate to use the phrase, tough old broad, but that's kind of how she's being presented. A little bit. Right? Our detective queen. So, for years, even prior to Sir Simon... This has been the case, and the queen has had to rely on the assistant personal secretary, who's always been a woman, mm-hmm. to go and get business done when she needed business done. Well, because she needs someone who understands. Yeah. Quietly, discreetly, behind Sir Simon or his predecessor's backs. That's the position that Rosie now finds herself in. Yeah. And Eileen's like, don't worry, it's super cool. And just wait until she cracks the case, because it'll be amazing. I envy you. It's your first time. <laughs> it'll be great. It'll, it'll be like it never happened. That's the part I like about it. Yeah. Is that the queen is going to solve this, because we know she is. Yeah. And no one will know it was her, right? It'll, everything will just suddenly be set right. Yeah. And I'm like, that's amazing. That is such finesse <laughs> to detectiving. I love it. Yeah. You'll just have to be satisfied in the moment, because there will be no fanfare. You, no one's going to get famous for it. It'll just be done, and that's it. And you just have that satisfying feeling that you helped it happen. Yep. You'll be like, we did it. Carry on. Yeah. You know? And that's that's kind of the chapter, is we get this little bit of backstory about the queen's history of detectiving. Yeah. Her kind of M.O. and kind of this lineage of people who've had to help her. That Rosie is just like the latest in a long series of Watsons. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I wrote down. <laughs> that she is now part of this club of assistant slash Watsons. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of fun, actually. It's a nice little twist. I like yeah. It. This chapter was really confounding. World building. Well, world building, yes, but a little confounding to me. Oh. Because it's an entire chapter 
that's necessary for Rosie as a character, mm -hmm. but not us as readers. We know the queen is the detective here. We know she's on the case. We know Rosie is going to help her. It was all in the blurb of the book. Yeah. This whole chapter exists for Rosie. I disagree. Really? I think this chapter is partly to bring Rosie up to speed, but partly to bring us up to speed. Because as I said, it's world building. It's giving us the history of the queen as a detective. How long she's been doing it and how she's been able to do it despite being the monarch and quietly so that nobody knows about it. Okay, that's fair. It gives us full confirmation about why she doesn't trust Sir Simon with this information. Which I did wonder about, that's and true. It, and it creates this lovely little network of former Watsons who Rosie can rely on, at the very least through Eileen. Oh yeah, that's that's true. I didn't think about that. That yeah, yeah now Rosie has this secret network of people. That she that might she be able to lean on. on. Yeah. Yeah. And it introduces a lovely character in Eileen. I thought she was delightful. Oh, I'm terribly fond of her. Uh, as lovely as Lady Hepburn from last chapter. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Someone who just knows and is helping out a friend. Indeed. Yeah. So there you go. A little bit to chew on, but not a lot of like detective in this chapter. No, no real new clues. I assume that'll be coming up next because my assumption is Rosie's next going to go and interview probably Meredith. Probably. And probably Yuri. Possibly. Yeah. We'll see. We know that Rosie's been sent out on the case, so yeah. let's follow our Watson for a little while, maybe. She'll be asking some pointed questions and then bringing that information back to the monarchy. Yes. And then the queen will say something thoughtful, have and more then we'll do it on. all over again. Yeah, have more to chew on, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. No, I feel like we're, we're really uh, setting out, dare I say, afoot. But we'll wrap up there. A bit of a shorter chapter this week. So a bit of a shorter episode. That's okay. We're going to get something to chew on pretty soon. I know it. Yeah, we're, we're build. It feels like we're building to something. Right, to, exactly. To like uh, a, an important clue, an aha. Yeah. 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 But we'll have to find out if that is the case in chapter nine, which you'll want to read up on in time for next week. Yes. And in the meantime, of course, you can uh, go to your podcatcher of choice, give us a little rating and review to help us out. We appreciate you. Yeah. You can also find us on social media. Yes. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. We are at The Read Along on most of those, so you can find us there. Yep. You can also send us an email directly. 100%. We are thereadalong at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you very much, and we'll see you next time. Detective Queen! Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois. All read along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on goodreads.com. Thank you.